0: When I first uh, heard the title of this series, "Reading the Red," which I think is a great title, my mind sort of spun out. What images or what associations does you know "Reading the Red" bring? And the first thought I had was a teacher's red pen. <laughs> you know, rewrite this. You know, cut this. <laughs> uh, then I thought of uh, like a newspaper. Uh, I don't know if they do this today now that newspapers are in color, but back in the old day, black and white, sometimes they would have a red headline, a red letter day. Uh, you know, armistice signed, or war declared, you know, important. And Then I thought, well, words in red, maybe, maybe our phrase uh, written in blood. Hmm. Of course, we know that the, uh, the actual meaning of the, you know, the title uh, is that in some Bibles, the words of Jesus are printed in red, and the Beatitudes are the words of Jesus, so they are red, but as I thought about it, I wondered, uh, is it not Jesus' way of taking out a red pen? <laughs> Pay attention, you know, correct this. <laughs> or the headline, this is the big one, You wanna know what I'm all about? Here it is. Perhaps these words are written in blood. So you have looked at, uh, blessed are the poor in spirit, right, they're not proud, they're not self-righteous, they're not like, remember the parable of the Pharisee and the tax collector? The Pharisee, they were both in the temple and the Pharisees, oh Lord, I thank you, I'm not like other people, you know, this tax collector. I tithe, I pray, I'm I'm a great guy. Remember, the tax collector would not even lift up his eyes unto heaven, but smote upon his breast, Lord, have mercy. Jesus' commentary, so which of them was justified? Blessed are the, the poor in spirit. Maybe that tax collector could have sung as we have sung, nothing. In my hand I bring, simply to the cross I cling. Naked, come to thee for dress. Helpless, fly to thee for grace. Foul, I to the fountain fly. Wash me. Savior, or I die. Blessed are the poor in spirit. Blessed are those who mourn. They mourn over their own sins. They mourn over the sins, the brokenness of this world. They are not hard-hearted. They don't think sin is funny. They, those who mourn, will be comforted. Blessed are the meek, they're not self-promoting, they're not grasping, they're not harsh, me, 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 number one, they are, they're meek, they will inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness. They will be filled, and today, Blessed are the merciful, for they will receive mercy. Our gracious Heavenly Father, please open our ears to hear. Please prepare the soil of our hearts so that your seed, your word, falls on good soil, takes root, springs up, bears fruit. Please help us now in Jesus' name. Amen. Blessed are the merciful, for they shall receive mercy. Now, let me deal with an issue. For me, it comes up right away as I'm reading the Beatitudes, especially this Beatitude. Maybe it comes up for you too, and it is this. The Beatitudes can sound like we earn our own salvation. I mean, what does it say? Blessed are the, those who extend mercy, you know, those who are nice, those who are because result for they will receive mercy. Now, is that what Jesus is saying? Is he saying that like, you know, in the spiritual world it's a big uh balance scale and here's your good stuff and loaded up with mercy and you know hunger and thirst for righteousness and here's your bad stuff woo whichever one weighs out is that what jesus is saying that we earn the mercy of god by being merciful it could sound like that kind of looks like that but when we hear this beatitude in the context of all of jesus teaching and in the context of all of scripture we know Like, hands down, we do not earn salvation. It is a gift of grace. For example, Titus 3.5. Titus 3.5 is coming right up. He saved us, not because of works done by us in righteousness, but according to his mercy. The washing of regeneration and the renewal of the Holy Spirit. So let's be clear that Je- Jesus is not uh, you know, describing a spiritual economy of, of a tit for tat and, and uh, you scratch my back, I scratch yours and, and big balance scale and you, you do nice things, I'll be nice, He's, that, that's, the, that's the old pagan gods. You, you offer sacrifices, you, you, you please me, you appease me, maybe I'll... That's not the Bible's message, mercy, free, Gracious, undeserved. Okay, so if that's established, what then is Jesus saying? Because he is drawing some kind of causal connection. Blessed are those who are merciful because result for they will receive mercy. So what is he saying? He apparently um, is saying there is the closest possible connection between having received the mercy of God and living out of that place, extending mercy to others. I guess he is saying that you can actually judge by actions what's going on in the heart. If your actions are merciful, and there's you a know, pretty good chance you get it, that you have the life of God, God's life is merciful, that he, the seed has taken root, blessed, happy, fortunate, Uh, Prosperous, uh, blessed, are those who extend acts of mercy because they're going to receive mercy one day and presently. Jesus' own parable may provide a commentary on what he has in mind uh, with this parable, um, uh, with with this, uh, with this beatitude. I'm thinking of his parable in Matthew 18. Do you remember this? Uh, Peter comes to Jesus, Matthew 18, and he says, "Uh, Lord, uh, how often should I forgive someone uh, who sins against me? Should I forgive him seven times? Verse 22, no, not seven times. I tell you, 77 times. Once upon a time, There was a king who decided to uh, put his books in order and, you know, settle accounts and he he called in all the people that were debtors to him and, you know, you owe me so much, come on, pay up. And, And there was one guy that owed him an enormous amount. In today's money, it would be like hundreds of thousands of dollars. Pay up or else, you know, justice. And this guy, the Bible says he actually fell before him, down on his knees, maybe down on the floor. And he says, please, please, I can't pay. I don't have the money. Please have mercy. And the king says, all right, I forgive you remember the parable the guy leaves the like the, the the throne room and he goes out and he sees someone else one of the other servants who owes him it's like 20 dollars or something and he, pay up pay up or else and the guy says oh i'm sorry i don't have the money the bible says it says um uh, but when the man left the king, he went to a fellow servant who owed him a few dollars. He grabbed him by the throat and demanded instant payment. He starts choking the guy. Okay, the king hears about this, and he calls the, the bad servant in, and he says, what, what is this I hear? I forgave you, you know, hundreds of thousands of dollars. Shouldn't you have had mercy on your fellow servant just as I had mercy on you? You want justice? You're all about justice. Okay, let's start with you. You're going to jail. The closest possible connection between extending mercy and having received mercy. And if you have received mercy, but don't extend it, Jesus says, you sure you received it? Blessed are the merciful, they will receive mercy. Mercy is an overflow of the life of God. If a person has been born again, born with spiritual life, the Holy Spirit is indwelling the person, then it's just natural to extend mercy. C.S. Lewis said, "If uh, if you go into the cellar and turn on the lights, the rats scurry Lewis says the light didn't create the rats, (laughs) it just exposed what was in the cellar. You understand a little parable of his own. Let's let's turn that around and make it positive. If you go into the cellar and you turn on the lights and there are no rats, it's a very very clean cellar, very orderly, somebody (laughs) has been there beforehand and arranged things, so by the Uh, condition of the seller, the human heart, we know that somebody has, you follow me? Blessed are the merciful, because it's a sign that they have received the mercy of God and will receive it in that day of judgment. Mercy is the life of God prompting a student to treat his or her teacher with kindness. The teacher isn't a particularly good teacher, kind of, kind of harsh and brusque, kind of boring. And the other students in the class just demand justice, and how do they get justice? You know, you're, you're, you're mean to us, you, you bore us, you know. Well, they, they, they take it out of the teacher's hide, meaning they criticize, they lie, they cheat, they laugh about the teacher behind. But here's a student who has received mercy. And this student extends it, uh, speaks respectfully, uh, tries to be an influence for good among her or his peers. There's something going on in the heart there, the life of God, working itself out in everyday life. Mercy is the life of God in the heart of a small business owner, uh, it's a very small business, there's six employees, and somebody comes that really needs a job. And the small business owner doesn't have any jobs, you're kind of barely making it, you know, with six. But the heart of this small business owner just is full of compassion, and, and it's full of mercy, and I don't know how the business owner does it, but uh, they, they, they create a position somehow. And they give that person a living wage and dignity and that's mercy working through the natural overflow, a spring springing up the life of God in everyday life. Mercy is a missionary Who's out there on the field? The missionary's working among people that uh, they're 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 sort of captive under a harsh religion. The religion says uh, you've got to sacrifice and you got to do this. You got to pray, and and it, and you don't know if God will have mercy on not you. But you better cause. And there's a constant heaviness and this feeling. Oh, I, I don't know if God likes me or not. And this missionary just has compassion because these people have never heard about grace. The concept of grace is like, what is that? And they don't have the hope of heaven. And their lives are heavy. (coughs) And so this missionary, prompted by mercy, tells them the good news. That's the life of God animating our lives. Mercy is an attribute of God Himself. Do you remember back from your uh, high school English class when you read uh, The Merchant of Venice by Shakespeare? Do you remember the main character is Shylock? and uh, he's, he's a money lender and he lends money to this guy and he draws up a contract so everything is legal and it seems kind of playful but Shylock is not playing around. But the contract says if you don't pay the money back on such and such a day, I may take legally, you're agreeing to it, you're signing, I may take a pound of flesh closest to your heart. I guess the idea is Shylock is going to kill the person closest to the hurt you know. legally. Justice. You remember the story? The guy uh, he can't pay back, and so there's a courtroom scene, and Shylock is justice. I want justice right here. It says it right there in the law. You know? Yeah. and Everybody's like, yeah, that's what it says. But uh, this guy's uh, advocate, his lawyer, says, "Cannot you mix mercy?" with your justice. She says, the quality of mercy is not strained. It droppeth as the gentle rain upon the place beneath. It is an attribute of God himself. And we show ourselves like God when mercy seasons. There was a fellow uh, described in the book of Mark. Uh, he was possessed by a demon or a whole host of demons. A very sad story. Do you remember? Uh, he lives in the tombs. Uh, he, he cuts himself with sharp rocks. He is, he's out of his mind. He's crazy. And Jesus delivers him. Ready? Mark chapter five, verse 19. Go home to your friends. Tell them how much the Lord has done for you. How he has had mercy. There was a woman named Elizabeth. Uh, she was old. Uh, she, she she was barren. She had no children. It's very difficult, and it's very difficult today, but in that day, it was shameful, and it was, you know, her whole identity was, was bound up. But then she prayed, and, and, and God gave her a child. Remember, his name was John. He became John the Baptist. She was so happy. Luke chapter 1, verse 58, and her ne- neighbors and relatives heard that the Lord had shown her great mercy. And they were happy. There was a guy named Saul. He was a Pharisee. He was very religious. He knew the, the Old Testament law, you know, inside and outside. He was very zealous. He was actually kind of angry about it. He was vindictive, and he was putting Christians, because he thought they were overturning, you know, his, his, his religion. He put them in jail, and he persecuted them. And then, remember, Acts chapter 9, God struck him down and knocked him off his horse, and he was blind for a little bit, and then he could see and God saved him, gave him a new name, Paul. And reflecting back on that in uh, Titus, uh, First Timothy chapter one, he said, formerly I was a blasphemer, persecutor, insolent, but I received mercy. The church lives by mercy. First Peter chapter two, once you were not a people, but now you are God's people. Once you had not received mercy, but now you have. Aren't you glad that God is rich in mercy? Somebody say amen. Can I get a witness? God is rich. He's not begrudging. He's not a celestial visa card where he reaches his limit after, well, all right, I'll give you, you better wonder, there's mercy this time. He is overflowing. He's rich in mercy. Yeah, the, uh, the Shakespeare character was right. It is an attribute of God himself. There's somebody here that has a besetting sin Can't get rid of it. It's just haunting. You don't like it about yourself. You feel shame. I've got a word for you mercy. There's somebody here. You recently lost your temper. As a matter of fact, it happens a lot. and you're ashamed of it and you hurt people and you didn't like that, but it just, like a volcano, it just exploded, and you want to do better, and I've got a word for you. Mercy. Psalm chapter 103 says, "The Lord is." Merciful and gracious, slow to anger, abounding in faithful love. All right, so based on this magnificent quality of God Himself, it is an attribute of God Himself, drawn by the beauty of His character, we want to be merciful it is a beautiful quality may i make two applications the first uh, the first implication of this beatitude let's call it a physical extending of mercy by that i mean we we help each other with physical stuff sort of like the parable of the good samaritan um you know this guy got beat up and, uh, and he was lying beside the road and a priest just walked on by and then a little Levite just walked on by and then along came dun, 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 a Samaritan who helped the guy and he paid money for him and he took care of him and Jesus' commentary was, so which of these three had mercy? So if the life of God is in you, if if you feel a stirring with this teaching of the word as you hear Jesus' beatitude, if you feel like, yeah, 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 I want to do that. That's beautiful. What can you do? Maybe this would be a good thing to, uh, to discuss with your small group. How can you guys... Get together and extend, like, like physical help. Uh, it could be money. It could be lending of your expertise. It could be emotional support. It could be you know, clean up the, the, the environment. Uh, what can you do to pass on, like, like the Good Samaritan, to pass on? Which, which of these had mercy? Is anything coming to your mind? Is the Lord teaching you and prompting you to extend, we'll call it a physical uh, mercy. A second uh, application, let's call this one a spiritual uh, mercy. I'm talking about sharing the good news of Christ. I'm talking about evangelism. The Apostle Paul said the love of God compares tells us uh, to share the good news. Matthew uh, chapter nine, uh, the calling of Matthew of Levi. Uh, Jesus was walking along and he saw a man named Matthew uh, sitting at the tax collector's booth. Follow me and and you will be my disciples. Well, the, the other, the Pharisees heard about this and they were like, What is this? He's hanging out with sinners. This is terrible. He shouldn't be doing that. So Jesus said to the Pharisees, go now and learn the meaning of the scripture. I want you to show mercy, not offer sacrifices. And so I'm asking you, Do you show mercy by calling disciples, by extending, telling them the good news, evangelizing, witnessing? It's an act of mercy. So let me um, reflect on this by uh, uh, reading to you part of the uh, Vital Church Diagnostic Report on my church, up there, north of, of Boston, North Shore Community Baptist Church, and you, you know, after they study the church and uh, you know do interviews and all of that, then they give you a, a report card, a, a diagnostic report. Ninety-nine uh, percent of the people surveyed or interviewed in my church, ninety-nine percent agreed. I believe that the Bible instructs every Christian to find ways to share his or her faith with non-Christians. 99%, yeah, we were all on the same page with it. Yeah, yeah, we need to be sharing a verbal witness. Acts of mercy, like physical mercy, that's tremendous. That's great, that's that's beautiful. But we also need some words. 99% said, yep, two thumbs up. Page 55. But evangelism in this church is almost not taking place. It's A little disconnect there. Page 59, one of the curious blind spots in many churches is that few seem to notice that little evangelism is taking place in their church. So how can you extend mercy with the good news of the gospel just um, w- once again as the lord bringing you know anything to your mind you, you need to write a letter to your cousin you need to get involved in that alpha ministry alpha is small group evangelism or christianity explored or you know there's somebody at your workplace that You've had a couple of conversations about church and stuff. Mercy, good news, grace. May the Lord help you. May the Lord help me. Extend mercy by sharing the good news. I beseech you, therefore, brothers and sisters, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies as living sacrifices, holy and acceptable to God. This is your spiritual worship.